shot first. Come on, grab your friends. We're gonna talk about Star Wars and stuff with Connor Olet and Andrew Roman. The fun will never end. Greeter shot first. Utapute, everybody. Hello and welcome to Greedo Shot First. My name's Connor. I'm Andrew. And we're here to talk Star Wars, all things Star Wars, and anything even freaking related to Star Wars. And today, gang, we're jumping right into it. Yes. We have to because we've made it. Eight episodes, one up, one down. We're here. The season finale of season two of The Mandalorian, episode eight, chapter 16, simply titled The Rescue. Yes. How is everybody doing today? Huh? I haven't recovered yet. You haven't recovered yet? Brian, how are you doing? I'm still uh, still processing. Oh, you're telling me. <laughs> I was the same way. Trust me. I, I'm, I'm having difficulty seeing right now because I've, I've had blurred vision for the past few days. I've been crying a <laughs> crying lot. Crying a lot. Crying a hell of a lot. That's actually good for your eyes, though. I, I imagine so. you got to replace the tear. It's like, it's yeah. like blood. you got to get rid of the old blood and replace with the new blood. That's why it worked in the medieval times. They That's, don't do it now. Exactly. Because yeah. we're a minute in. We're already making bloodletting references. I love this. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, if you couldn't tell, we're very excited to talk about this episode, so we're just going to kind of jump right into it, but real quick, like we always do, I uh, just want to get everyone's quick reactions. Best finale ever. Yes, I will say best finale ever. Uh, for this show, anyway. I know there's a lot more <laughs> satisfying finales out there and all this kind of stuff, but like, well. I don't know. Brian, for you? Uh, hard agree. Loved it. Yeah. Um, but we'll we'll get into it. This has my one and my one and only gripe with the uh, the whole series so that's, far. That's perfectly actually, yeah. fine. I actually do have one kind of. There's one little thing that kind of niggled on me a little bit. What's and, that? Well, we'll get into it. We'll, okay, we'll, we'll save it for when it. it for when it happens in the story. All right, fair enough. Um, we'll do it live. <laughs> we'll do, uh, for, for, forget it. We'll do it live. So, anyways, <clears throat> on the count of three, we are going to jump into this. So, if you haven't seen. Uh, <clears throat> episode 8, Chapter 16, simply titled The Rescue, just yet, uh, turn around, because we're about to spoil the heck out of it, starting in 3, 2, 1, spoilers, Andrew, what is going on? The Mandalorian and his allies attempt a daring rescue. Simply titled The Rescue. I, I love how it's like, we don't even need to find another word for... <laughs> What's going to <laughs> What's happen? going to happen in this episode? It's kind of weird because I think this is the only other episode this whole season that wasn't a. Uh, well, there's there's one other episode this whole season that's not a person, a person, or referring to a person. It's the siege, right? Right. So like, we what started about the tragedy. Well, I guess that's true, but well, you know. see now I would argue that the tragedy is Boba Fett. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of tragedy going around in that episode, and I mm-hmm. thought that was like one of the hardest episodes to watch until this episode happened. Not to say that it's bad, but holy hell, was it emotional! You can only cry so much. You can only cry so much. Now, me being who I am, I I am a big fan. I'm not sure about you guys. I'm a big fan of Rogue One, and I know it hit me. More than more uh, like most people because I I did the legwork I read the the source material and stuff like that like I, I read the novel I read the the prequel novel and stuff like that so I knew all the characters and thus I had more of an attachment and that's why the ending of that movie is so like moving to me like it's such a gut punch it's just the way it's all really well done and then you have this episode and it I I get I get swelled up with that same nostalgic star wars feeling of just i mean it's happiness but it's uncertainty at the same time and you get that that feeling of hope 
you know, that they just they just keep throwing out there. Um, and it's just it's just I don't know. It's just incredible. I don't know. I, 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 I wanted to start off with just that. Well, I appreciate you sharing <laughs> and letting us into your into your emotional situation as it is right now. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm fully agreed on all of that. I think there's a lot to be said for, I mean, to me, it actually, you know, this kind of channeled perhaps my favorite film of the uh, Disney era, which is Last Jedi. Of course. And just kind of, you know, there it, there are a lot of echoes between, you know, where this episode ends and where The Last Jedi ends. It's and true. those two things kind of have this very weird interaction in my brain. And I've been thinking about that a lot since I saw this episode. So uh, yeah, that's a good way of yeah, looking at it. Looking, looking forward to pack, unpacking it further. But yeah. Let's start from the top. Shall start we start with the top? Uh, will you do cast lists and all that? Uh, yes. Okay. So this one is directed by Peyton Reed. What a, what a glow up wow. for Peyton Reed. You're telling me like, <laughs> what was the last episode that he had done? I forget. What was it? Uh, was it the siege or was it, no. uh, the Jedi. Yes. He, no, 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 no. That was Filoni. He did the first. No, he did the passenger. I'm sorry. He did do the passenger. Yes. The second uh, episode. Yeah, that's right. So the, the, uh, the alum director of bring it on is kicking butt as it were like bring it on was already an emotional thrill ride. Let's just put that right <laughs> do, out there. Do, do you think it was brought in? <laughs> it already it, been brought in. Was it brought? <laughs> but, uh, honestly though, Kicking it out of the park yes. and pulling on all the heartstrings. I am so shocked that like he was able to come in and do two episodes like this and just <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah. I mean, they know what they're doing with him for whatever reason. He's kicking butt. Yeah. No, I mean it was great. I mean, it, again, it is. I mean, I've thought about that a lot since mm-hmm. you mentioned that he was the director of Bring It On. <laughs> and I mean, I've thought about that a lot and like just the Ant Man movies and what those are like. Um, and I, I was even looking at his IMDb and. There's not really a whole lot else that I really recognize. I mean, it's kind of like small indie flicks or, exactly. or like even like some TV that I'm not familiar with. That's what Marvel was going for in the first place when they were picking all their directors. Mm-hmm. Most of their directors were just kind of, I mean, I don't want to say small time, but they weren't, they, they weren't Spielberg. You know what I mean? They weren't, they weren't a, a, an established name. They, they gave these indie directors a chance and they still are. They still are with their new projects coming out and everything. Yeah, for sure. But Peyton Reed, Taika Waititi, like those are two perfect examples of these you know, lower end directors that no one knew anything about, and now they're they're household names. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's amazing. Joe Johnston from uh, the like second unit director for Return of the Jedi did the first, uh, ca- uh, well, the first Avenger. Oh yeah, the first Captain Mar- uh, America movie. Oh man, that makes sense. <laughs> Well, yeah, because that's the best one, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> that sets me, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, nah, and like even like the Russo brothers, for that matter. Well, yeah, like, the Russo brothers. I mean, they were they were community directors, and next thing yeah. you know, they're they made the End Game. They made one of the most successful movies of all time. Yeah. So exactly. Anyway, uh, did you so, know that Avatar two was supposed to come out yesterday? Did you know <laughs> I that? had heard. Yes, it was like scheduled for a December twenty twenty release. Thank God it didn't happen. But still, <laughs> we have just something what, even Just better. what we all needed. Yeah, second Avatar. Uh, <laughs> but still, it's unobtainable. Unobtainable. <laughs> I don't know. You just made me think of that for whatever reason. Uh, but cast list. Yes. Who we deal with here? So we've got Pedro Pascal as the titular Mandalorian, mm-hmm. Din Djarin. We've got Omid Abdahi as Dr. Pershing. My man's back. Tamora Morrison as Boba Fett. Ooh. 
Gina Carano as Kara Cynthia Dune, mm-hmm. Mercedes Varnado as Casca Reeves, better known as Sasha Banks, mm-hmm. Katie Sackhoff as Bo-Katan Cries, Ming-Na Wen as Fennec Shand. I have a note about her. Okay. I forgot that she's also, like, so we are Pittsburghers. Yes. We've established this on multiple occasions. We are from the Berg. You guys didn't know that. If you can go downtown, get some Orange City, go <laughs> to the Prairies, bro. Not only is Dave I... Filoni from Mount Lebanon, but Ming-Na Wen is also from Mount Lebanon. So is my cousin, Dan. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. I wow. was not aware of that. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, and she's a, a Carnegie Mellon alum, even, so... <laughs> Excellent. That's really cool. She's got deep roots in Pittsburgh. Wow. Uh, we also have Giancarlo Esposito mm-hmm. as Moff Gideon. And we have Thomas E. Sullivan and Luke Baines as the pilot and co-pilot in the opening scene. My God. That was a good... I mean, we'll get into it, but I, <laughs> I did like the very opening scene. We have Matthew Wood as Bib Fortuna. <laughs> previously, he apparently he previously was bib in episode one yeah oh, yeah so, when like when they show him um with java like at the thing precisely that's interesting it is interesting we have max lloyd jones as the body of the jedi hmm. and to stop beating around the bush yeah we have comes. mark hamill Himself. as luke skywalker holy hell <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm gonna say as much that like when it came to this show, like before before season two even started, we had heard so many different things that were going to happen this season. Boba Fett's coming back, Ahsoka's coming back, probably Ezra's coming. Everyone's going to come back for this freaking show. And like, I remember like at the time, I felt I felt like overwhelmed. It was mm-hmm. like I get it and I'm excited for it, but I just I couldn't see how it was going to work. Like I just I really I didn't know how they were going to pull it off. To that end, I could never picture them actually putting a series saga, the main saga character in this show in any capacity whatsoever, <laughs> even in just in, in passing. Yes. Like, they've talked so much about Jedi this season. I'm surprised Kara hasn't been like, you mean that 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 dope co- like commander guy that, like, blew up the Death Star? He's not a Jedi? <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, that's another thing, he too. got lucky. Well, yeah, yeah. That's another thing. That, like, Luke isn't, like, he's not a well-known figure. Like, he's more myth than man mm-hmm. for a lot of people. Like, and even Kara, like, being ex-Rebel, like, she probably just thought he was more propaganda than actual Jedi until this happened. Yeah. But like, oh, we'll get into it. We gotta. We we're gonna do what we usually do. We're gonna go, yeah, step by step here. Yeah, beat by beat. There's, beat by yeah. Beat. The one thing I will add about that, like what building on what you were saying there, Connor, is like, I was recently watching the rest of the gallery series on the making of season one, mm-hmm. and like, there's this pretty humorous uh, conversation between John Favreau and Dave Filoni where they're basically just talking about, well, you know, we we were the guys that like had the, the bargain drawer toys. You yeah. Know? And that's why we have like this Ugnot who's like the shaman. And we and have the text, like the Tuscan Raiders are more prominent. Yeah. Not and, just bad guys. Yeah. We just got lucky and we found one Boba Fett, but it was all miscolored. So then we just painted it silver and we thought that was cool. Yeah. Um, you know, so then for them to now all of a sudden move from, you know, the bargain basement toys to, you know, top shelf. the top shelf. <laughs> it uh, was, yes, it was very powerful, very emotional. But yes, let's, let's get into it. Speaking yeah. of toys. 
<laughs> my my note on the cold open sequence is that this is what Rich Kid Christmas looked like in 1983. Oh hell yeah, cuz it was the Lamb the Class shuttle and the uh the Slave 1 were both the big toys of the time like you, know, you can get the you can get the Falcon and everything on the first hand, but this time around that was those were the two big toys because of um Empire, right? Well, and that, was, and that was Return of the Jedi, of the Jedi yeah. yeah that's true, and that's too. where we first really get the, <laughs> the, the Lamb class, yeah. But still just seeing the two of them like straight up like like dogfighting like that. Hearing the laser on the slave one, very <laughs> yes. exciting. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> um, and it was the uh, what I also appreciated is I'm pretty sure there's a few sequences there that look like it was miniatures. Yeah. Uh, oh, definitely. I mean, that's that. I mean, it goes back to as you were saying with the, the the gallery show and everything like that. They've they've showed before that most of, if not all, of the you know the ships and vehicles and everything like that, or just their place. Yeah, I mean, they ha- yeah, they have practical models for them but i know in season one for instance like the shots that are miniatures and i think they said there's like 15 of them in total or so yeah but it's really just like the razor crest flying yeah like it's not no dog going, fight yeah or anything. nothing like that but this i feel like was an actual dog dog fight staged oh, with the miniatures it was so, so good and so it, you just see how much more like firepower that the slave one actually has that it has a built-in ion cannon because why not yeah <laughs> it's a bounty hunter ship of course they want to disable the ship and be able to get on without any problems i had brought up um the squadrons they now they have uh, b-wings and tie defenders but i didn't actually mention the fact that if you play as a b-wing um you have the three lasers it's two regular lasers as well as an ion cannon you shoot in sync uh-huh. so you can ionize them and and interrupt their systems as well as take them out at the same time nice. it's very nice that's but, interesting yeah just just putting it out there for anyone who wants to play squads it's <laughs> squadrons it's really cool yeah um but I otherwise been on in a while <laughs> it's, it's a real problem i but. know i know i'm trying i'm trying <laughs> i know <laughs> but i so just and then like having boba do his whole thing of you know Turn down your deflectors. Where you'll be, you're prepared to be boarded or whatever. Just straight <laughs> yeah, like you I know, was really looking forward to seeing how they were gonna the slave it. one boarded another ship in space. Yeah, <laughs> I was really excited for a show don't tell moment there, but then that I I don't hate that they left it up for yeah. I like the, your your imagination to fill in the blanks. I like to think that, but so, I'd like to know how that works. So you know how like it has the uh, the the droop snoot of mm-hmm. the uh, slave one, if you will, uh, where the actual laser cannons are and everything. I think there's a, a, a hatch there. They must have attached somehow either to the back end or to the side or something like that. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking in my head. Okay. That's their escape hatch. Maybe it's like a tube. Or a tube. I mean, I mean, you see how it looks when it's on the ground. It has it has ladders. Yeah. So that's it. honestly what I'm thinking it is, is they just let themselves down the ladder, yeah. <clears throat> access the tube open and everything. But you're right. And just seeing the shot of the slave one slowly come up in front of the cab that and everything. Was awesome. It was terrifying, <laughs> but it was so doom. cool. Yeah. yeah. Very, exactly. uh, very, get, yeah. Yeah. Get some of Boba's like theme <laughs> mixed into that again. <laughs> oh, it's so good. <laughs> oh, and then, so that's when, uh, was it Kara and, uh, Din end up in the cockpit and they're like, we need Dr. Pershing. And they're like, just so you know, this is Dr. Pershing. And we're like, we know this. Guy. We, yes, we've already covered this. <laughs> and even Din's like, we've met. How's the kid? <laughs> he's like, he's still alive. And that's when the guy holds him up. Now, this is, again, uh, this is why the Empire are just as evil as they come. The one guy who tries to 
mediate everything. He's yeah. like, I'm not with them. We can work something out. Yeah, listen, we can work something out. Gets no, killed. you can't. Just immediately. Because <laughs> that's what the Empire does, dude. Like, they just don't care. Yes. And that was just him. And so now he's he's just like, oh, I'm going to, you know, you realize if he's dead, there's nowhere you can hide. Blah, blah, blah. This and that or whatever. And next thing you know, he notices Kara. And he does that whole little stare off. It's like <laughs> The tear. The tear. I noticed the tear. You know what else I noticed? I saw? Your planet destroyed, and it's like, oh crap. Yeah, the uh, I don't want, I don't, I don't even want to say like the tactical part of me, the the part of me that knows how firearms work mm-hmm. was like, hey, you're not actually hidden behind him. Your face is out in the open. Oh, as you continue to to deliver this him. this really <laughs> yeah. nasty monologue about how Alderaan was uh, a small price it's to pay. pay. You the, the muzzle of your blaster is not even accurately uh, pointed at your your hostage. Like she's gonna shoot you in the face. <laughs> he was yes. asking for it. At oh, that he point. was. Like, he was just dogging it on. Yeah. And she, she, on yeah. multiple occasions, she said, "Please stop this." Yeah. yeah. Last chance. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. she was trying to be the marshal. She's trying to be yes. appropriate because she's yes. trying to bring him in. Yeah. Alive, you know, and all this kind of stuff. But hey. She pushed. He pushed all the wrong buttons. Yes, and for that he got a blaster bolt to the face. That's it. But, I, but this also goes back to what we've. It, honestly, this goes back to like one of our first episodes, Andrew, is when we talked about the fact that the rebels are more or less terrorists, <laughs> and they are. That's kind of what the guy was like. It's like it was a small. It was a small price to pay for your, you know, thousands. You know, the, all the terrorism you've to brought rid to the this galaxy country. of terrorism. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> oh God. Yes. Uh, but that, that it, it's Empire for you, man. They're just scummy. That's it. And then you get the turnaround, and you get the title card, the rescue with that dun 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 dun, dun like those driving yeah. drums, man. They just yeah. oh, they get you pumped. I don't know. I just got very excited about it. Well, I understand. <laughs> but so then we flash forward, and we arrive on an unknown planet. I mm. I was really hoping for a name, but. Well, there was so not one provided. Did you notice the factories at all? Yes. Uh, the were fac- those factories were those power plants. Like what? what Give was or going take, on they there? could be either one. Like, let's call them factories for now. But the okay. fun part is, if you if you pay attention to at least one of the factories, you get kind of a close look at. There's a symbol on the side, and it's not Rebel. It's not New Republic. It's not Imperial. It's actually Old Republic. So they're very mm. original like material out there. You know, mm. it's almost Palpatine's time. Like that's that's how they're showing like how old the planet is. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, if you go if you go back at one point, I think it's like right before the slave one lands, like you can see it. Like there's like a close up, not close up, but if you pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. So I just I will say, according to Wikipedia, they consider those to be refineries. Yeah, I mean that's okay. it's always refineries, bro. <laughs> Refining, I don't ban a gas. <laughs> hmm. I I'd like to just go on record that that whole landing sequence on this unnamed planet is one of the most beautiful. <laughs> like well done sequences I've seen in the show so far, Mm -hmm. uh, which is part of what makes my gripe that comes later sting so much. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. We'll get there, man. As they go. Yes. So, well, first off we, can I tell you what's on the menu at the place that they stop at? Please do. Cause I've heard that people have tried to translate. So I want to hear it. We've got tapeto, yob shrimp. (laughs) You say tapeto. I say pomato. Space waffles. (laughs) Like po- literal translation, space waffle. Yes, that's awesome. <laughs> Polystarch bread, cushnip uh, with frol and veg meat. Yeah, I was to say I've heard the veg, the veg meat, meat one. Yeah, uh, so at least Emily could eat there. I guess is a good thing. <laughs> yeah, 
Ah, space waffles. Space That's waffles. my favorite. Space Eggos. <laughs> you know what? Now I'm upset because I found a uh, I found a waffle maker the other day that was like a Mandalorian waffle maker, and I nearly got it. And now knowing that the damn thing is canon, I'm mad that I didn't get it. <laughs> space waffles. Space waffles, man. That's it. Well, I was going to say, mm-hmm. was it the actual helmet or was it just No, Pedro it was Pascal's Baby Yoda. Face? It was Baby Yoda. <laughs> it was even better. I oh. want a waffle in the shape of Pedro Pascal's face. <laughs> say no more, fam. Yes. Anyway... <laughs> So, in addition to that landing sequence, also, we do get to see this sweet-ass oh. uh, gauntlet fighters. That's so good. And, like, I was wondering this, and you might be able to help me out with this. So, my theory is the Slave 1 came before the gauntlet fighters. Yes. You know, in, in the way of their production and everything, just to put it out there. But, obviously, the gauntlet fighters are even older because they're, like, standard like Mandalorian ships. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm thinking that with the Slave 1 being the way it is with, like, the gyroscope uh, wings and stuff like that, I wonder if the designer for those ships, at least, you know, in, in the broad world, like, actually went to the Slave 1 for uh, influence behind it. Like, to have mm-hmm. that kind of idea that when it sits down, the, the wings tilt up and everything. <laughs> yes. It just kind of seemed that way yeah. to me. A little bit more perfect execution of yeah. the Slave 1, like, the fire spray concept. That's kind of what I'm thinking, yeah. You can actually see where you're going, like, when you're on the ground to the ground (laughs) yeah but yeah i don't know i i I always remember seeing that and just thinking like oh yeah it's like because there's always a lot of echoes like that in star wars where it's like oh it's similar to this it's similar to that blah 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 so i don't know i just i wanted to see what you thought about it yes so i i mean i'm i'm with you okay fully agreed on all of that i'll take Uh, that but but it it looks badass yes i i and i'm wondering i mean Speaking on that nature, like now that the Razor Crest is gone, I'm wondering if Din could end up in a gauntlet. That would be fun. at some point. Mm. That would be fun. We will get there. Yes, but anyway, we've got Bo-Katan and Koska Reeves. Apparently, Axe Wolves was left on, behind. Yeah, on another mission or something. Yeah. <laughs> didn't make any sense. Yeah, I, I did not understand that. There's like a couple of things. Like I'm not convinced that like Tamora Morrison was there for this. Like, really? Yeah, just because Boba Fett never takes off his helmet. This that's also fair. Episode. <laughs> he he was there in the last episode, obviously. Cause they, yeah. He, there was one point where he did take it off. Yeah. But I don't know. I I mean, he, his voice is there at least. Yeah. But still, just being like, you know, we need your help. And I love I love that her her first line back to him was like, "Not all Mandalorians are bounty hunters. Yeah. You know, some of us serve a higher purpose." Yeah. It's like, Ooh. Sting. Yeah, I mean, they were like, I mean, both her and Cosca Reeves were just nasty to. I think. Well, honestly, it's <laughs> it, it is one of those things where it's like it must be a stereotype yeah. if you think about it. Yeah. Because what's your first your first introduction to a Mandalorian? It's Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Who's a bounty hunter. And then we right? get Django Fett. Exactly. Who's yeah. Also so, a bounty hunter. And now we got the Mandalorian. Who? Guess what? He's a bounty. Hunter. He's a bounty hunter. So like. <laughs> It's not uncommon, yeah. but that, I, I do like the fact they're like, you know, we're not all the same, yeah, obviously. For sure. But yeah, I appreciate that. And and then, you know, they continue on, you are not a Mandalorian. Yeah. To Boba and it, Fett. And, I never said I was. The whole development of that sequence was so great. Yeah. <laughs> I loved the simmering tension. And watching this with Kate, she was like, wait a second, why don't they like each other? <laughs> Pause, rewind, explain a little bit, bit of the backstory, and then hit play again, and... It plays out the same way, and she goes, "Oh, oh God, yeah. that was really well done." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, even so much more that she keeps going back and forth, and just saying, 
you know, you are not a Mandalorian and all this kind of stuff. It's like, you know, it's like, this is my father's armor. Yeah. And it's like, don't you mean your donor? Ooh, yeah. everyone in the audience just, ooh. I've heard your voice thousands of times. That line got me. So I, I heard that line so much to the point where I slammed my hand three times on our couch. I scared our cat away for goodness sake, but I was worth it. But it was just like, I was just like, ah, he, he said it, you know, or whatever. I don't know. I got real yeah. excited about it. And I like how, like, at one point, Bo-Katan tries to, like, get them to settle down and says, save it for the imps. And then they still end up fighting anyway. And yeah. then she basically is like, if we had as much, <laughs> if we had that much spine, yeah. you know, we'd still have Mandalore or something like that. Yes. Still. But seeing Sasha Banks do one of her signature moves is yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> that was cool. With you a jetpack. Exactly. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not a wrestler fan to begin with, but I looked that up and I was like, oh, that's one of her things to begin with. It was really cool just to see them <laughs> fight and just do their thing. And then face off with flamethrowers. That yeah. was like, ooh, it's intense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. No, I agreed. It was, that was, like, I loved that sequence and it definitely, I think, opens the door and sets up some some simmering tension that could exist coming through yes i'm excited for I mean, it a later in this episode and and even into season three so fair enough so as we go forward they agree to go with the mando yes and so then, long as she gets something that moff gideon is in possession of they say it can cut through almost anything except for pure beskar oh <gasps> well jasp i guess that means that something's coming into play you right? mean that uh, pure Beskar spear? Ooh, you never know. <laughs> you Chekhov never know. spear, you mean? Chekhov spear. Uh, a lot of Chekhov's items this whole season. There are. Yeah. <laughs> and like, what I appreciate is that they pretty much, it. yeah, they pretty much all just pay off and like work the way that yeah. we all expect they're going to work. And it's actually like, at least you didn't like do something goofy and like try to you know push us down this one ro- like line of thinking and then go a totally different direction so oh, that's so good so credit to you know Filoni and Favreau for that <laughs> yeah well yeah uh, it's it it is it just I, I don't know it just makes it look so good uh so they're doing their whole you know they're planning everything out while they're in space and everything like that and they have a little back and forth with Dr. Pershing now I think Dr. Pershing is trying to I I don't know about everybody else. I like the idea of Dr. Pershing. I don't feel like he is a, a scum. I don't feel like he's like a dirtbag or anything yeah. like that. I feel like he's just a scientist who's <laughs> swallowed up in this stuff. He's he's that guy who's like, I'm just here for my brain. Like, yeah. <laughs> people want what I have inside my head. I, well, do you feel it. like he's almost like a, a Galen Urso role where he's been... Yeah. He's been strong armed into using his scientific abilities more than more for likely. the Empire, and he knows the moment he stops, he's, someone else is going to do it, and someone else is going to be the one who kills the kid. Or right. yeah, so he yeah. he puts himself out to the save, and he even says as much to Din earlier when he's like, "Is the kid safe?" And he's like, "Yes." Yeah, like unequivocally and quick to say, like, "Yes," you know. Very excited. I understand. About it. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I I agree. I mean, I think uh, you know, like moral implications of cloning aside i don't think pershing is a bad guy no i think like i said he's just he's just a simple man waking his way in together potentially he's just been waiting for his moment to do a good thing and he's been so yeah so bogged down in the mud of being surrounded by imperial forces that he couldn't we've also seen plenty of examples not even just in the show but throughout star wars history of just you know people who are working for the empire who aren't i mean more than unwilling to do it but have no other choice and i think this is just one of those examples 
Indeed. Um, but anyways, uh, we were talking about this earlier. The the penetration maneuver. Uh, <laughs> I, I like the fact that they, they basically just lay out the whole ship for you and they show how you're going to do it. Yeah. And you can follow along when the whole sequence happens. It's <laughs> yeah. really cool. Yeah, I, I agree. I think some... I saw somebody kind of say like, oh, they do this in like so many episodes, you know, like they did it in, uh, I mean, they even do it in the previous episode, the believer, um, you know, where they kind of show the the plans for the uh, refinery and, and whatever. Um, but in this instance it really works because especially because ships are, I think very labyrinthine and yeah. And it's like confusing, like, okay, where are you in relation to this? And especially in, uh, Imperial ships. Yeah. Because Imperial ships are also uh, symmetrical in the sense that like, if there's one, there's always another, Yeah, you know, they, they, they do their, they, all designs on Imperial ships are pretty much like uh, double-sided. I don't know the way to put it, <laughs> but like the way, the way I remember being explained in a novel is saying like, if there's a, an escape pod on one side, there's going to be an escape pod on the other side because that's the way they're designed. They're, the ships are split. If you split the ship in half, it's a mirror image of it. Exactly. Yes. I, I didn't know how to properly put it, <laughs> but yeah, as you say. Yes. Uh, but anyway, I appreciate Bo-Katan just being like, I am in charge right now and yeah. just laying out her plan. Uh, with the penetration maneuver, I love it. I I, mean, I just love seeing her back at it. Like, yes, she has the skill behind her. Let her like let her plan it out. Yeah, you know, and, and just as you say, yeah, yeah. Well, in flashing forward just a moment, like once again, we just get the satisfaction of like everybody in this mission is just a pro. <laughs> And, and yeah. like, I also really appreciate that. You know, it's like we don't have like this bumbling fool type character. Like, no, everyone's know. here to do what they need to do. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, as much as I enjoyed that, like in the Siege episode, like with uh, Mithral, but yeah, I mean, that was good. But if you do that, like every episode, it, it would, beca- it would wear very thin. Yeah. So even to that end, they're, when they finally get their plans all together and they, you know, they're saying as much to, uh, you know, how they're going to do it. They split into two teams and they have two different ships. And this is a cool another sequence of where you're seeing the ships traveling in hyperspace, which is something we've seen plenty of times. But that little sway each ship has is <laughs> yeah. amazing. Yeah. And I appreciate that they are like in the same hyperspace team. lane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it, 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 it just it was to show how they're going to do what they do. Yeah. But it's just, I don't know, just the whole idea that whenever like they flash to her in the cockpit of the, of the Lambda class shuttle, she just goes, just so we know, clear, Darth Gideon is mine. And he surrenders to me. Got it? <laughs> yeah. Like she puts it out there just like, don't get in my way. Yes. And it's like, whatever. It's like the child's my only priority. You can have whatever you want. <laughs> Agreed. You know? And it's like, yeah, all right. But, and then Kara has her ambitions. She's like, no, we need him alive. Yeah. Oh my god! And it, uh, <laughs> so it's just like everybody has something they want, essentially, except for like Fennec. Well, how you base? I like I I appreciate that, and like Fennec obviously is there just because of Boba, right? Um, but so this is just a great scene and i love the fact that boba even though he's great on his feet he's become the de facto like de facto pilot. like pilot <laughs> pilot guy and he's a great pilot yeah you know so what the hell uh so coming out of light speed they start the whole gambit where he's like just watch your you know it's like just turn your deflectors on princess i'll put yeah. on a good show i'll put on a good show yeah and he, they're coming at the flight tube and everything and like you know they their plans go in motion and all this kind of stuff and the deck officer, or I mean, is it or the comms officer, rather? Yes. Um, who we I, thought was going to play like a big role. Yes. Mm. Didn't happen. <laughs> uh, I guess she's dead. 
Like, I, yeah, I, I, like <laughs> oh, yeah. it kind of just happened. One hundred percent cannon fodder. <laughs> oh my god! But like, so just she was like, clear the tube. Like she was like, tie fighters are coming out. Like, That's not what we want. We want to crash land. Yeah, yeah, you see them just kind of glance at each other in the cockpit of the Lambda shuttle. Like, oh, okay, we are this under is already attack. going left. Yeah, <laughs> not slow down. Yeah. Oh, I was waiting for her to like run right into a tie fighter, and that you know, just seeing him dip around, like get out of the way and stuff like <laughs> yeah. that. Also, just that just that shot of the actual Lambda class, like just bouncing its way down the flight tube. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's really cool. Yeah. And it's 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 amazing to me again just to, I mean just to, to give the broad strokes just to think that we're seeing that shot. We're seeing a ship that landed so eloquently in Return of the Jedi in a hangar bang just bum 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 slam its way down this little tube like you're throwing toys around. Yes. Oh, oh it was just such a cool little shot. I'd also just like to take a moment to nod like that's a terrible design for uh, reentry. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, well yeah, that's true. Honestly, I think it's cool. I think it's cool for shooting out. Yeah. But yeah, oh yeah, for sure. But bringing <laughs> bringing those ships back in, yeah, hmm, seems probably a, little, not a good idea. Yeah, a little risky, if you ask me. Well, um, it, maybe it's a one way thing. You never know. Yeah, and I, I well, there's lo- there's got to be another entrance, another way to get a uh, a ship onto the cruiser. Yeah, this, I mean, which I comes mean, into see, play later. For yeah, sure. yeah. I was gonna say maybe it plays into that. Maybe they come in from that side. They'll land that way. Uh-huh. But they're too. Maybe that's an exit only. Oh yeah, I was gonna say it's like a fast act kind of deal. Like they get out faster that way or something. They Regardless. gotta back up the tube. Yeah, exactly. Is what it comes down to. Just back it up. Just back it up. Yes. But, <laughs> but I guess a couple of things that I wanted to go back to. One, I really enjoy Bobo constantly referring to Bo-Katan as, as princess. princess. It's a great little like <laughs> little, like Princess Leia nod. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. Uh, I, I like that, and I like seeing his swivel cannons swivel all oh, just 180 to, yeah. degrees. And he's like, it was no big deal. Like, you <laughs> yeah. got someone following me. Oh, you're behind oh. me? That's cool. Yeah, I don't need <laughs> seismic charge, charges for that. Yeah. And he's just zipping off back into hyperspace. Yep. Again, great pilot. <laughs> yes. I love that ship, yeah. and I'm so glad we got to see it do more. Ugh. Well, exactly. So I mean, and obviously we have more to say about Boba <laughs> <laughs> um, coming up here shortly. In fact, we'll probably be talking about him quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the like I think part of it was just like, all right, let's feature Slave One right now. Yeah. And you know, then we we can do some other stuff with Boba down the road. Exactly. So. Make it more more make it make more sense. Yes. So I enjoyed that. Um, and also, just final note is like this music, like when they come out of hyperspace and then like during the landing, like that very electronica, like dee 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 dee, was just like ah. Oh. So cool. And then it like fades away as Din walks off the ship by himself. We get the little recorder solo. And it's just perfect because it, it, like they say, you can slip through the shadows. We'll create a diversion and everything like that. And that, I, this goes back to what I was saying before the difference between him and Boba's theme. Like Boba is obviously more guttural and everything like that. Whereas Din with the pan flute, very samurai, very lone wolf esque. And that's exactly what we're seeing here. It's him on his own. And the music just doubles that. Yes. So, but yes, so he's off doing his own thing while the girl squad is out kicking literal butt. Now, when it comes to this, I've seen a lot of people say this and I kind of agree with it. Like, I I love that shot in Avengers Endgame, the girl, Uh like the girl power shot, 
but they said this is the way you do it. Right. And I agree that, with it. Yeah, I mean, the, like in in Endgame, it's just them standing there and, and then all of a sudden looking just, pretty. Yeah, they just jump off and do their yeah. thing. Yeah. Still an amazing shot, don't get me wrong, but right. like it's not as natural as this seems. Like they were like, we're the squad. Yeah. We're going to go in and create a diversion. Yes. It's going to be us who takes this ship. Yeah. And and you really see every single one of those characters shine yeah. um, to the point where one has a weapons malfunction and then just decides to use it as, as a, a blunt club. force object. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, I love the fact that Cara Dune's like, defaulted into the heavy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, she already has the heavy machine gun. I was kind of surprised that uh, Fennec just had a pistol. Like, I know that, like, a sniper rifle doesn't really do much, you know, in yeah, close quarters. T- yeah, tough in close quarters. But, like, I was expecting her to at least have a rifle, mm-hmm. you know, but just one pistol. But it works to her benefit because, as you say, everyone has their moment to shine yeah. she says at one point cover me and just starts doing all these twists and turns and flips and everything and <laughs> yeah. duck and dives oh it was so cool and then that one point where they're walking across the bridge and then Casca and uh, Bo just like fly off and mm-hmm. like Kara and Fennec deal with it yeah. and then they're by themselves and it's like wait hands in the sky drop your weapons and all this kind of stuff and then they just boop, boop, pop up and just take them <laughs> out like it's nothing Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I just I looked at my wife and I was like that is the Mandalorian way. That is the way. Oh, it's so good. I agree. I no, it, it was so cool. I mean, and I, you know, I do love that for every reason. You know, I mean, it is a good representation moment, but it also just highlights what the subtle differences of each in, character were. Yeah, exactly. And and I think that's something that we don't always get a, a very good picture of. Yeah. It shows what what they're all useful for. And honestly, for Fennec's character, like now that she's becoming more of a mainstay, not just a one off, like it shows that she's she's not just a, a good shot. Like she's physical too, which yeah. I appreciate. Because her being who she was, like from Jane like from uh, from Ages of Shield, like Agent May, she's a very physical character in mm. that show. Yeah. And I appreciate seeing that she's still got it and she's still kicking butt in the galaxy. Yeah. Somebody said that she so far is still the only person that has been a Disney princess, a Marvel superhero and a star Wars character. Yep. That's so, true. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying she's the trifecta ultimate Disney, like Disney queen. She should be the queen right now. That's it. <laughs> uh, but anyways, so the other side of this, while the girls are taking the bridge and again, we, we already said as much, the comms officer, I think was cannon father. Yes. They, they take the, they take the bridge. Like it's nothing. Yeah. The bridge is taken. They have control of the ship. <laughs> yes. Whereas Dinoff on his doing his own thing. Now, besides trying to find the child, along the way to the child, he has a secondary objective. Yes. And he can get bonus points if he does this. That's right. So He's going to level up a lot. He's, oh, my God. That Beskar spirit's going to come in rainbow. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> uh, he comes around the corner and, like, he's like, oh, no, 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 no. So... There is a lot more that goes into this. Like we already know that Din's backstory is that his his parents died in the Clone Wars, and right. he has a, he's very objective towards presumably by droids. Yes, exactly. And he's, he's come a long way in his treatment of droids, but uh, this this is, this is something that I think might set him back. <sighs> yes. This was one of those moments where I said to Eva, "I was like, this is so traumatic for him." He's fighting an indestructible droid like he was when he was a kid. Class four uh, battle droids. Oh my god! So to see like seeing him like get his way out of the like the one the one dark trooper getting his way out of it, just holding doors open and plopping it out. Scary. (laughs) And I I I was really afraid he was gonna like rip off one of his arms or like rip off a gauntlet or something. Like I didn't know what to expect. And that (laughs) scene, seeing him repeatedly. Punched punch it, pissed and punched that freaking helmet. <laughs> I was either like, he's gonna lose the helmet, like the helmet's gonna be cracked and he can't wear it anymore, 
or he's just going to be dead because that's several concussions. <laughs> yeah. Now we go into yes, with the the helmet not only is like indestructible, but it's pressurized, so his hel- his head's not bouncing around. So right. Speak. Yeah. But like, and it's you, still you like, see eventually after five or six, he breaks through pipes that are behind him. Yeah. yeah. Like it's like, just that's that a nice tough, moment. and it's so incredible. Yeah. It's, it's so incredible. It's, like you see the amount of power behind it. Do we think that? Well, no, never mind. I mean, it, it, I was gonna say, do we think that the dark troopers made of Beskar? But that that wouldn't be right. No, I don't. Yeah, I don't. It think would be kind Beskar, of poetic. But it it's... would be like poetic in a way. Yeah. If it was like, oh, the purge was used to make these unstoppable droids. Yeah. You know, which could make some sense as to like what Gideon's involvement in all of it is. Yeah. But I mean, we we do see that like it's it, it's not like pure Beskar where like it's unstoppable or whatever. Like it's, it does get penetrated at one point or another. Yeah, I would like to think it's something along the lines of um, there's another material out there that's like uh, it's not Beskar, but it's almost as tough as Beskar. Uh, it was a material they were going to use to make the clone trooper armor uh, in the. Uh, second Thrawn novel uh-huh. where he's with uh, with Anakin with Anakin you know what I'm talking about I just can't think of what the heck it's called yeah but essentially it's like it's that kind of idea that like this material is so strong that it's almost impervious to it's impervious to laser blasts and stuff like that but regardless I was thinking maybe that's what I will say uh, nightmare fuel the uh, the the shot when Din actually activates his flamethrower oh and it goes bullets. up through there yeah, the 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 visual of the dark trooper with flames coming out of its internals and he just, still like he looks straight at him and just goes you just maybe look cooler like yeah, <laughs> yeah. like that's well, a scary visual aye, aye, aye. agreed on that any, any luck uh i'm almost there uh, anyways keep but, vamping so just seeing it like, like i said just seeing it seeing how much it took just to take one of those guys out was incredible and like the idea that he was able to go in and still just Get the door latch before they were able to break through. I was like, oh, thank God. Like, I was like, why Why do they have this thing that just lets out in the space? And it's like, well, that makes sense. That's how they launch them. That's how they launch, mm-hmm. yeah. It's like, that's, I had to tell myself that. But also, when well, they all got sucked out in the vacuum of space, I immediately was like, all right, how long till they're back on board? <laughs> yeah. Basically. <laughs> yeah, they they're don't need gone. air. Yeah. <laughs> and they have jet feet. Yes. <laughs> the substance that you are thinking of here, Connor, is cortosis. Cortosis. But it wouldn't be cortosis either. Yeah. Because if you recall, cortosis causes lightsabers to malfunction. That's right. So. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was the whole gambit behind cortosis. They were trying yes. to use it. Yeah, because it was actually going to be for the, um, the... The stormtroopers and everything, right? Well, not the stormtroopers. It was going to be for the clone... Ar- or not the clone army, the... Uh, separatist army, yes. the battle droids. They yes, 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 the yes, battle yes. droids out and then that that was going to be a whole like repellent and stuff like that. That's right. Okay, that makes more sense. <laughs> Anyways, yes. So anyway, we see Din now arrive in the brig. Oh, he opens the door. Very, very graphic. Like death of a stormtrooper. By the way, <laughs> I, I, oh yeah. <laughs> I was hoping that like as soon as he cracked that dude's neck, it was just going to show in the corner. Disney Plus. <laughs> I, I thought to myself on all three of my my watches of this episode was like, oh, damn Disney, yeah, <laughs> you scary. That yeah. was good. Well, I mean, well, look, they killed Bambi's mom. Okay, <laughs> like there don't they, don't let the pretty facade fool you. You know, there's a lot of dead parents underneath Disney's feet. 
So for all we know, like that was Peter Parker's uncle underneath that helmet. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just saying this is where Uncle Ben started because it was a long time ago. Yes. You know, <laughs> but I'm, I'm I'm digressing. This is we're getting too far ahead of ourselves. Uh, so, anyways, he opens it's, the door. Yes, and we and... see Moff Gideon with the dark saber <gasps> draped in the the sword of Damocles position <laughs> above Grogu's head. Oh my god! And it's I mean. Like, this whole scene is, there's something like very, I mean, something extremely quality about this scene, just in the sense that I think neither side ever believes that they're going to let the other side go, mm-hmm. even though they both make offers of like, you know, yeah. Din says like, you can go. Even, I yeah. just want the boy. I just like, want the boy. Yeah. Whoever, whoever holds this has the, has a claim to the throne of Mandalore. Like, yeah, whatever. I don't care. Keep it. Give me the kid. Yeah. <laughs> oh my and, god. You know, and then like Gideon's like, okay, that's fine. You can have the kid. I just wanted his blood, and I, I have everything. his blood. I got yeah. everything I needed. Yeah, and let me. I have that. His blood is blessed with rare properties, oh, which have the potential to bring order back to the galaxy. Oh. So, I mean, obviously that feels very heavy. I mean, yeah. so I mean, you know, obviously the question of the siege was like, are they building Snoke's in those tubes? And I think the answer is yes. Yes, more than likely <laughs> they're they're working towards the Emperor's end goal, the yes. rise of Skywalker end goal. Yes, the final order. This, so I mean, to speak. This season, I mean, this season more than last season has done a hell of a lot to bring all three trilogies together. I feel like, you know, in in subtle, sometimes in subtle ways, in other ways, and like other times, just very Not broad. So subtle, yeah. yeah, but like I, I feel like it's it's doing a very good job of being that middle ground. Yes, um, agreed. But anyway, so Din goes to grab Grogu and take him away, and as he's reaching over. out for him. Gideon pulls the dark saber, and man, Beskar oh, yeah. is my only note on that. I was like, well, I mean, I guess we have to understand that the Beskar is also around the jetpack. I guess so, because like he goes straight for the jetpack <laughs> yeah. and nothing happens. And that's, yeah, and that seems like that could have been very catastrophic uh, kind of to everyone in that room. <laughs> yes, yeah. well, we've seen jetpacks get cut up before, like you know, by Ahsoka and everything like that. You know, yeah, just in Clone Wars, but like. So he just gets that strike. He does the same maneuvers that he does with Ahsoka, where he's, he gets it like, you know, he hits one strike after another off the gauntlets. And uh, eventually he's able to bring up his spear. And he'd be like, Yeah, they told you to who I am. And he's <laughs> yeah. like, Some dead man. And he comes right after him, you know. And it's like, and honestly, through this whole, this whole scene, I loved the back and forth with them. I loved just seeing them fight each other. And like, even like uh, seeing on Moff Gideon's face like the realization that he can't cut through the spear and yeah. like being afraid of it and stuff like that i loved seeing the viper back in action i yeah. loved seeing it there was a point i don't know if you guys caught this but like there's a point where he has a moment like and he's holding the spear up and like away and he has it down towards his leg and he mm-hmm. uses his foot to kick it yes. backwards up and around his head and like nearly come up and like take him from over top so cool, yeah. And like I, I saw someone had pointed that out on Reddit, and I was like, "This is it's amazing." And I <laughs> like from now on, that's all I'm ever going to focus on. Yes. And it's just like you know that he used the same training from Game of Thrones that he did right there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's funny, um, you know, he because he does have like Pedro Pascal has like two stunt doubles that mm-hmm. you know. There's I know the guy who does like most of the hand to hand stuff. His name's Latif Crowder. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the other guy's name. Latif. Um. But he's more of like the weapon, like the gun expert. Mm. Um, 
but like to me this was like i feel like this is pedro like oh yeah he did all this spear training for game of thrones and now he's just like all right i'm doing this one if it would have just made it more better if like when he was swearing off of them at one point he just started doing like spins yeah you know, like he does at the beginning just trying yeah. to show off yeah <laughs> fully agreed <laughs> Oh uh, God! Yes, but, but yeah, and, and I, I also I I had a lot of time for like Gideon's fighting style, which was just kind of like a bunch of really over the top aggressive hacks. It's exactly what it was. It was Kylo Ren style. Yeah, because it was just like he was angry. Yeah, he was just trying to get. He was trying to cause damage. He wasn't yeah. trying to be precise. He wasn't a an artist with a blade. You know? Yeah, despite so his you know seeming demeanor to try to be calm, un, you know, assume that I know everything. Oh my God! Kind of character but then like as soon as his back actually gets up against the wall like he just he's he do- yeah he doesn't know what to do so he just <sighs> hacks so and hacks and hacks until eventually din disarms him and gideon offers you're sparing my life this, this should be, be interesting <laughs> even like hearing that i was like oh god because now i knew it was gonna happen i was gonna be like he's gonna bring her he's gonna bring him to like to bo katan and bo katan's gonna be like I'm the one who gets to end him. And I was like, this is it. But that's not what happened, <laughs> that's is it? That's not what happened. What happens, Andrew? So instead, we find out that under normal circumstances, and we can talk on the, about this, the Darksaber must be won by in trial by combat, essentially, yes. to, to make one more Game of Thrones reference. <laughs> um, and now that uh, Din has disarmed Gideon of it, he is the one who must wield it, and Bo-Katan can only take it back by uh, fighting. By fighting him. By trial by so combat. now she still wants the Elder Wand, mm-hmm. but... Yeah. She has to kill Harry to get it, obviously. <laughs> that's, okay. Yes. Good but know. See, that's, that's the point where he should have pulled a Daniel Radcliffe and just snapped it in half. <laughs> it was really like, now nobody gets it. Yeah. You are Mandalore. <laughs> Thrown, yeah, thrown it out the, uh, <laughs> the, the airlock. airlock or whatever. Oh, God. Yeah, I mean... I I kind of enjoy this, and I feel like this is something that we've kind of alluded to, like just the notion that there would be a, you know, proverbial leader of Mandalore uh, by the end of this season, basically. But I don't know that we were really convinced that it was going to be Din. No, <laughs> like I and like honestly, I was. If it did happen, I was thinking to myself, like, if it's going to happen, it's going to be a Jon Snow situation, a reluctant leadership thing, like yeah. Cause it, it's straight up. There's a point where, like, he's like, you know, the uh, Gideon does the whole explanation, and he like deactivates it and goes to hand it to her, and he's like, "It's not that simple." Mm-hmm. It's like you have to fight him, and that's where he just goes, <laughs> "I yield." Like he like he shrugs <laughs> yeah. his shoulder, and goes, "I yield. It's yours." Yeah. Like I was just like, "Yeah, duh." But like, so I know you were saying that we want to talk about this, so let's talk about it. I mean, do you have any questions about this, Duncan? Like, what's going on exactly? So I know just enough about the events of Clone Wars and Rebels to know what the Darksaber is, what it's kind of, uh, what it's backstory is, and mm-hmm. the symbolism, the power. And, and Gideon talks say, about that. It's not it's not, not the, the saber st- that has the power. It's, it's the, story the story that has the power. Right. So the story goes, uh, it had belonged to... Um, there, there was, I, I was going to say, who, I, I can't well, think of Well, it is Previsla. Was it Previsla? Okay, it was yeah. so Previsla was Jedi, right? No, that was Tarvisla. Well, yeah, well, I think the original, Jedi. yes, yeah, the original Jedi Mandalorian who creates the Dark, the Dark We are introduced to Pre Vizsla, who is, who is a, John Favreau, John Favreau <laughs> in the Clone Wars, and he has the he's wielding it. He's like this this blade has been in my family for centuries and yeah. all this kind of stuff. Uh, and so, 
he inevitably, spoiler alert, falls to Darth Maul, who th- thus inherits the Darksaber yes. as trial by combat. Right. And at some point between that point there and Rebels, the, the uh, uh, what is it? The Darksaber is lost on, I think it's Malachor. Correct. Or whatever. Yeah. And that's when they, it's found again by uh, Sabine, I believe. And so she finds it, and then she has to train with it and everything like that. But she's, like, of the same mind of Din. She's like, I don't want this. Like, I don't want the, the power or anything that comes with this, you know. And that's when they inevitably get up with Bo-Katan. She finds out who Bo-Katan is and, like, how she's related to, you know, she's the front runner. Duchess Satine. Yeah, exactly. And so she willingly gives her the, uh, the saber so that she could lead her people to a united Mandalore. And that was the last time we had seen the dark saber until Wait, the end so of season did she one. Give it to her, or Sabine did, or willingly gave f- it to her. Did she have to win it in combat? So <laughs> well, so this is kind of what my slight issue is. I mean, the understanding is like basically all of the major clans of Mandalore came together and backed like Sabine's request to give the dark saber right to uh, Bo-Katan. Which is why, in this particular instance, they don't fight over it because she's she's like Got she it. Okay. yeah she but, puts it out there that it's it's not about the you know the test of power it's about showing that we need a leader and you are this obvious leader yes that's where the power of the story and all this kind of stuff comes in yeah but as you say uh, but well one note of clarification uh, the dark saber was on Dathomir actually. Dathomir, that's right. Okay, I knew yes. they, they went to Malakor. That's where they met well, Darth Vader, right? Yes, yeah, that's where they encounter Vader, and and Maul is there. there. But, but they he find... takes it back to Dathomir, and that's when they find the death. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I, 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 they're both like red planets, yes. so I'm sorry. No, I, I, <laughs> I understand. Uh, right. But anyway, so yeah, that all happens. Um, now this time around, I mean, I think he, it is a like in particular. Presumably, like, I don't know if Bo-Katan, like, how Bo-Katan loses control of it. We don't yeah. know that story, and I imagine we're going to get it at some point. That's probably going to be what Season 3 is. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely going to be a lot of Mandalorian stuff in Season 3. Um, but, so, I think the idea is that, like, yes, she was kind of, like, semi-democratically elected before, mm-hmm. but now it's, like, she has to take it by combat because she lost the power to wield it exactly. along the way. Like the Empire came in and well, they did the purge, which we'll find out about eventually. Uh, and that's like that's the part that a lot of people are, like us included, like we're we're still waiting to find out about. How did she lose it in the first place? And thus, it makes it even more important to gain it back by combat versus just being given it. Yes, you know. Yeah, she can't just accept it again because exactly because then it's just like, well, what's the real power of this thing in the first place? If you have, <laughs> yeah, you're you know, destroying the story if you exactly. keep doing the same thing. Uh, the, there is this weird thing though, like you know, in terms of Gideon talking about, well, the powers in the story and so on, um, where he kind of becomes like the narrator for this final. Third oh my of god! The story. Yeah, no, it's so true because <laughs> it, like, it, like he really is like it, the one point where. We realize that like the the dark troopers are yeah, coming back. Says, You're about to face off with the dark <laughs> troopers, <laughs> and it goes, everyone in this room will be dead except me and, <laughs> and the child. And the child. <laughs> oh my god! Well, yeah. So them coming back, Duncan, you called it. They just flew back to space because they have the rocket feet and everything. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I'm surprised and, it took this long. Well, first of all, I love the fact that of their of their many like you know of the dangers that the dark troopers uh, pose to our intrepid heroes and everything like that. The only way that they're able to get through the blast door is excessive punching. <laughs> yeah, you I would thought think, that was very interesting. You would think that they would have an arc welder or something like that, or something that they could cut through the door. I also, nope, just I, punch it. I also thought that it was an interesting choice in the design of the Dark Troopers to have them physically hold a separate standalone blaster as opposed to just building that technology arm. into their that's fair. Body. Well, this is like that's the separatists versus the the imperials. I mean, what are you gonna do? The imperials are like, oh no, make them awesome, but well, could, they're gonna use guns we already have. We well, we don't have that kind of money. That's <laughs> also true. I was gonna say, I think I think if you want to get technical about it, you could you could argue that because even Pershing says that the final we the final solution to the problem was, was removing the, human the people. Part. Yeah. So we have to assume that it was just a suit of armor that they were holding a gun before. Yeah. Most likely, it's still the same idea. Oh yeah, no, just know. put just put droid internals in it. Yeah, it can move on its own. Okay. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I appreciate that. I mean, again, it kind of it, it points at the story of the original Dark Forces game, mm-hmm. and so I, I mean, it makes me excited. Like, are we gonna get like a Kyle Katarn cameo or something? You never know. <laughs> Who knows? I, we, we might see the early days of. Well, let, we're getting there. Let's get yes. there. Anyway. So, anyways, they're punching the door. They're gonna get there any minute, we, uh, and then it's well, straight up thing, Mike Tyson punch out. Yeah. <laughs> one thing I noticed a, a lot: we're punching the car before no. we really get into the end game. Here, there's like one thing I noticed on my second watch through was like when Din is putting Grogu down on the ground, like you, I mean, obviously a, it's like the puppet version, so it's not super expressive, but I feel like there is this distance in Grogu's eyes. He looks very tired and it looks like he's channeling the force, right? Yeah. So I, I think that if you're looking for like a plot hole, like, well, how did person X know where to find, person why oh i believe it i think they are connected i believe it 100 percent. yeah and probably he wasn't you know since uh grogu wasn't able to use the force presumably because Because of of the 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 ray shields exactly i especially considering we know person x uh (laughs) has has the ability and has the talent to uh project themselves through the galaxy yes (laughs) but that's just it like i i believe that a hundred percent that like he was like at first, I saw that he like just looked tuckered out, and I was like, "What did they do to the poor guy?" <laughs> yeah, but it just like it is just him just deeply drawing, thinking. yeah, drawing on the force, and even to the point where you see him like hold his hand out to the TV to uh-huh. kind of say, "I'm here." Yeah. So, but and anyways, then we see one X-wing great, fly. We're saved. Yes, <laughs> Cardoon with a great line. Great, we're, we're saved. saved. Oh my god! And just even that point was like, "Pilot, identify yourself." Now, first of all. For all he knows, you're Imperial, so he, of course he's not going to say <laughs> yeah, anything. he's definitely not going to say anything there. But still, just, uh, just that it, it gets it gets so quiet, and the music, the music has been absolutely stellar this whole season. But this is probably like next to Boba's theme, this was probably my favorite piece. Like this whole <laughs> part right yeah. here up to the end, it's just that quiet, like triumphant music as you see Person X, some random hooded person. Walking around with a green lightsaber and a Michael Jackson glove, well, like the, just taking yeah. people out. And the reveal oh. of this was just so awesome. I mean, oh. a it's like just piece by piece. Yeah. Like, oh, it's an X-wing. Okay, there's 
There's many X wings. There's many people. It's Trapper you Wolf. Think. He's back. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> what if we saw it in the camera? It was a cowboy hat and yeah. a jumpsuit just walking down. The- I'd lose it. I would have lost it. And then we see him get out, but we see it on the black and white camera. So mm-hmm. like we see like this dark cloak and and the oh. lightsaber. But Yo, okay, it's a lightsaber. As yeah. soon as you saw that green, I went. But it was uh, yeah. That. Yeah. There was <laughs> yep. a point where I kept telling myself like. It could be, it could yeah. be, but I don't think it could yeah. be. Well, I know this makes for great theater of the mind, but like, yeah, before we recorded this, we were all talking, like all of us, including like Brandon and Andrew, like our, our friends from Game and At, Games and At, and just like all kind of detailing like our emotions reactions. and reactions as like they start to peel this back and kind of confirm what we all know or in, are more strongly suggesting to be true. Oh. And like, yeah, I mean, my my answer was like I literally was ready to just walk, like run <laughs> through a wall. <laughs> Let's go. Well, the, the whole time, so Eva was just as excited as I was, but like there was a point where I just I I I had to put my finger on her lips and just go, <laughs> just let it breathe, because she had so many questions. She was so excited. <laughs> At one point, she goes, "Does this mean that Dint's gonna give Grogu the dark saber? He's gonna grow up to be the Mandalore Jedi and those good stuff?" And I was like, "Shh." <laughs> that's not important that's right not now. important right now <laughs> it's coming i promise you i'm just as excited but like i want to this is all happening so fast and so as soon as i saw that green lightsaber my arms just shot up in the, <laughs> yeah. the field goal like you said exactly yeah <laughs> yes. uh, will yeah, you say sully does so big so big so big, so big. <laughs> So yes, I think uh, they stayed there the rest of the episode too. <laughs> and so they had there was uh, there was also another correlation from earlier in this ep- or earlier in this season, whenever the uh, whenever the uh, night owls and din are taking over that Gazanti freighter, uh, and they have that moment where they're coming up the tube, it's it's echoed here a little bit. Yeah, right. Because you just have that intimidation. You know what's going to come off the tube, but like you know you have. With ten or twelve like uh, dark troopers just waiting to take out whoever comes up this tube, and then like that, as soon as it opened, and I realized that there was a literal hallway between that tube and them, I was like, "No, no, are <laughs> yes. they really doing this?" And I was like, and I said to Eva, "I said it's a correlation, it's poetry, it rhymes, it's, it's, <laughs> it's Darth Vader's dude." Who wore it's, it better? Yeah. Oh, like father, yeah. like and son. The, yeah. I mean, I had a cool the... hallway shot, like my father before me. Like it was. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Exactly. So and just good. the 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 final takedown of like the final dark trooper, where well, he, he just, just grabs it, it and, and just yeah. crumples it like paper. Yeah. I mean, that's just like. I mean, you know, I get it. This, this is, is why people love. Gen, Luke like Skywalker. Legends, this is Legends yeah. Luke. This is Legends wait, Luke. Wait, right you mean here. Person X? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Person X, if you didn't realize it, it was actually Speed Racer's brother. That's but right. But still. The whole time. <laughs> I almost made you spit out your water. I you did. That. Uh, Jesus. But yeah, Luke Skywalker uh, he comes inside, like, comes into their wall, and uh, he pulls off his hood. Like, he clips his belt and he holds off. And so. I still was like, there's no way. There's <laughs> yeah, no there's way. still no way. You're not buying it. And is seeing it. And like, I was just like, that's not Sebastian Stan. Like, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know what they were going to do. I didn't know if they were going to actually recast it. I didn't know if they were going to do the CGI, you know, the de-aging and stuff like that. And at one point, I was so convinced. I was like, oh, this is totally somebody, you know. But <laughs> then we'll get into it. So I think we've been waiting all this time. Brian, why don't you fill us in on what you what you think of this this whole scene? I mean, 
So, uh, it, so we're just pulling the we'll pu- we're pulling the bandaid off. It's Luke bit. Skywalker. It's Luke Skywalker. It's Luke Skywalker. Luke freaking Skywalker. Which brings me to my one and only gripe of the whole episode, the whole series so far. <laughs> We've t- spoken off mic yeah. about this at length. <laughs> I'm not upset that they chose to go with a CGI or a de aging. I'm not upset with that. I think going that route or doing a total recast. Someone in the fandom would have been very upset. Right. They were going to ruffle feathers no matter what they did. What bothers me is how this one looks. Yeah. Because it was not polished when it's it true. went to air. It's, yeah. I mean, like, I could, you could argue the same thing with Leia in um, Rogue One. Like, well, see, they, but that so was five years ago. The, I know, the, I know. The first, time no, I watched, I know. the first time I watched Rogue One, I didn't realize Tarkin was fake, was, was fake until most of the way through the movie. And then I went, Oh yeah, he's, he's dead. dead. He's like, been dead for twenty years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's CGI. The only, <laughs> wow. The only thing I'm like I'm trying to draw off of is like whenever you see Leia, you can tell there's a little bit of like motion that's missing. Yeah. Like the face is stagnant, but the body's moving. Yeah. And I think you get the same feeling when you see this. Yes. It's not exactly. It's not. It's not awful. No. Like, the face looks immaculate. Like there's no real like. It's it's not. It's the movement of the head. Yeah. with that computer-generated face on it that I go, oh, guys. That's I, the hardest did, part. Like, did you ship the final episode with a pre-visualization still on it? Or like, <laughs> yeah. well, are you going to go back and redo this? That's all. Spoiler. <laughs> That's it. It's like I said, spoiler alert. They ran out of money. That's it, it, They got to this point <laughs> yeah. in the show, and they're like, well, Nonsense. we can't afford Disney, Sebastian Stan. Disney doesn't That's... run out of money. <laughs> well, that's true. Uh, but no, honestly, like... See what happened to their stock price after the in- <laughs> investor's day. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's it. That is my one and only gripe. Is I wish they would have done a little bit of a sharper final product on this one visual effect. Yeah, yeah. and that's it. That is that's my only gripe. I'm not. I'm not mad. Yeah. I'm just disappointed. But again, <laughs> the, it's it's uh, it's not even that so much. It's just this this whole series. Like you kind of have to just take it into the fact, and like this goes into this whole thing of like we've. The, the fandom and everyone who's involved with this show, whether they're, you know, producers or just fans, they've fallen in love with this animatronic puppet. Yes. Like, it's a puppet. Mm-hmm. And that's, I'm just saying that, like, they you've got so much emotion out of just a puppet that, like, when I see CGI like this, it's like, it, I just, I don't, I don't focus on it. Like, I know it's for you. It's like I said, it's, it's your background and everything That's like that. That's all. And the, like, yeah, that it just goes back to, I mean, I've talked about this. I Watching the show with a hyper, like, production lens on it, I'm just looking for the seams. This is the one and only time they've showed it to me. As That's Moff it. Gideon said, it's not the CGI, it's the story. <laughs> well you're right that's exactly it and i think that's what like by and large that's what i think most people are thinking and feeling yeah and and again it's not like i think brian's sitting here like oh this totally took me no i know i know on first watch it took me out of the scene and then by the end of it i was like no yeah yeah, i'm I'm still here for this (laughs) still still crying that's cool yeah Um, but i'm There, um, there is a great little line where, like, he actually introduces himself into whatever. He just goes, you know, he's like, "Are you a Jedi?" And you just see that I am. Yeah. And I was like, "That's Mark Hamill. That's yeah. Mark Hamill for goodness' sake." Yeah, it's not just <sighs> the. Uh, it's just not his face. <laughs> but I just love the fact that he's like, you know, when he's like, he's like, "Come, little one," like holding his hand out to Grogu, and he just goes, "He's like, he doesn't want to go with you." Like I was like, oh, and it's like he's asking for your permission. I was like, "Oh no!" Yeah. So Grogu's my- eyes there were. Oh, killed me. Yeah. Daggers right through my heart. Oh. But so here's my like question on this. Like, did 
Ahsoka lie then to Din? About what? Because, like, she kind of paints this picture that, like, she doesn't think that Grogu should be separated from Din. So does, like, she know just as well as Luke that, like, he's he's willing to go, but he wants Din's permission? Maybe. Or is it a consequence of, like, there is something different about Luke versus Ahsoka? I think it's there's something different. I mean, also because you have to think about like Ahsoka is she's an older generation Jedi, but she's not truly a Jedi anymore. I think when it comes to Ahsoka's story, and they may dive into this like with her own series and everything like that, but like I think she's worried about having that. She's worried about emotions and stuff like that getting in the way. I think she's worried about what could happen to Grogu. You know, did happen to Anakin? It could happen to him. You know, right? I think it's kind of like that, but she also knows presumably have already met Luke and knows that Luke is out there and saying that like, he is trying to restart the order. And if he wants to be trained properly, he has to go. It's like, if there is Jedi, if there is a Jedi out there, Mm -hmm. you know, he will come for him. Yeah. And I, and maybe that's what it is. It's, it's not so much like a, I don't know exactly how to describe it. It's not like a live omission, but it's kind of like a, I'm going to carefully edit my interpretation of Grogu right now Mm. To point him at the best place for him. That's also true because he I mean, could he, go with me, but I'm not the best person to train him. And I mean, yeah, she's she's technically not a Jedi anymore, and also she seems to have her own mission. Mm-hmm. So that's that's another thing. That, that was like, my read is she's probably hyper focused on, on finding Thrawn. Exactly. Uh, yeah. This is cool that you've brought this child to me, but not dog. You, no, no, no. Take him somewhere else. <laughs> I'm focused. Yeah. So, yeah. but. Moving on from that, I think uh, Luke's like next line is also, we need to spend a moment on that. Oh. I will give my life to protect the child, but he will not be safe until he masters his abilities. Yeah. That just, it's hard to, it's hard to hear what he has to say about it and then realize what happens to his college, <laughs> you know, basically. Well, that, my thought immediately went to, does this, does Grogu? Gets smoked by Ben Solo. No, he gets snoked by Ben Solo. <laughs> oh. Just pay attention. It's space. No, <laughs> no. Listen, uh, he. What happens is uh, Grogu's dead asleep, and he gets uh, you know a text message, and it's just a picture of Kylo Ren. And he goes, "Don't come to school tomorrow." You know, <laughs> but like, and it's just like, oh no, no. But I, I don't know. Well, that's just it. Like, are are with him going with Luke. Is he damning? It, is he damning him? Like, is, is, the, it, is the implication that Grogu dies in that second Jedi purge, or is Grogu just a back-to-back Jedi purge survivor <laughs> champion? Yeah, it's true. Like, well, I'll give it this much: when Ahsoka came on the scene, for good or ill, whoever liked her like right off the bat, and like you know, it was hard to say who was really going to fall for her. But I think Andrew and I were of accordance to saying that like she's going to be dead. Like, they, <laughs> you know, like there's no way that she could survive. Yeah. And now look where she is. Right. Yeah. Like X amount of years later. So I'm thinking in my head that like the same thing could happen for Grogu. Something could happen in their intervening years between this and the last Jedi, or even just the force awakens that, you know, Grogu maybe didn't comes back for Grogu <laughs> and they go off and do their own thing. True. You know, it, it, it's, well, it's yeah. left to say. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I mean, I think, I mean, obviously people, 
are very emotional, like kind of about the ending, like, you know, are is Grogu like not going to appear next season or whatever? And I can't imagine that being the case. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I don't know if it's going to be a matter of doing kind of, you know, an, an A plot, B plot kind of thing where, you know, we're going to see a lot of this kind of Mandalorian. Oh, they, uh, so let, we'll, we'll get into it. Yeah. Let's, we're almost let's, there. Yeah. Let's finish it. We'll, we'll jump <laughs> um, into that. But, uh, you know, and well, whatever. So the, Last couple of things, uh, we get Din, well, Grogu wants again for, oh. yeah, goes for the helmet, and this time Din just pops it off, no questions asked, it and so... promises to see him again. And don't be afraid. Yes. Oh. And just seeing the look on his face, this was the first living thing to touch his face since his parents. Yeah. Like, since he put the helmet on, and yeah. I think that, that says something. Yeah. The oh. bond that they have. My final note about like this scene is just kids love R two D two. I was ho- so I was hoping that R two D two would come around the corner and be all beep boop beep all happy and stuff. See Grogu and just go what? Like, just do his scream and run away. But like not again. Not R- not not this guy. <laughs> but it was still nice to know that like R two D two said the right thing apparently. Yeah, yeah. and it was like yeah, well, yeah you that- make some good you make some good points. Yeah. Yeah, I think Grogu was just like, I want to see that funny robot. And then <laughs> that prompts him to start actually walking over to Luke. Oh, and... oh a shiny baby thing? Okay. Nice. Yeah, I'm going with this guy. Yeah. The, can you believe this guy? This guy I've been with just had a shiny ball. <laughs> this one beeps. <laughs> so His but, toys are way better. And so then there's that, that moment where they're walking towards the elevator and like, Din, like, this is a very powerful. Din just has his helmet on the floor. Like, yeah. he's, he's completely, yeah. you know, separated. You can himself. actually see, like, tears in oh his eyes. Oh, my God. And, yeah. And, like, just the, and the Grogu's swell. expression. Yeah. Uh, the the music, music. I mean, like, I know you, like, called it, like, <laughs> uh, oh. hopeful or whatever. But honestly, my actual, my honest to God note is the music. Someone help me define it. It's not hopeful. No, I, I, <laughs> I no, I say hopeful for the rogue one music in a sense, because yeah. it does have that moment of just like, you know, maybe there is somebody listening out there and blah, blah, blah. I say hopeful in this sense, because you see that Grogu is left in good hands and stuff like that. But it's just like the swell of the music and the, you're caught up in the whole situation. You're just kind of like, I don't know. It's more impactful than most music has been this entire season, just because I think it, in combination with the overwhelming emotions of everything, yeah. you know, like, you're already like caught up. You're already reserving yourself. You're already keeping it all in and just hearing the actual theme, like the Mando theme swell in like a higher register and everything like that was just, just incredible. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, would, I mean, I, would thinking about it. <laughs> I mean, it's beautiful. It's striking. It's, yes. it's every word that you can think to describe it, but like, I just, I can't put my finger on what it is. And like that just, sets the stage so dramatically and has my brain moving so many different directions. You know what I give it? I give it correlation to the last theme that we hear in Empire Strikes Back. Mm -hmm. It's that theme you hear whenever uh, Luke and Leia are looking out on the galaxy. Mm -hmm. It's that... Like, it's... It's it's a wide song. It's it's a very... It's a very broad song, but it kind of fills you full of mystery and wonder of like maybe there are good things around the corner maybe they're bad who really knows but as long as we're you know we stick to our guns we can make anything happen yes. and i think maybe that's kind of you know what we're going for for that 
before we go into anything else, let's finish this off. Uh, you know, it, 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 we see the elevator shut and it cuts to black and we get the credits. And I remember just thinking to myself, like, Peyton Reed, you, mu- you, <laughs> mm, you mud scuffer. <laughs> and so we, and like, skanking the scud pie. So we were just sitting there the whole time. And I'm like, uh, I, I don't even know, like, even I were like processing our thoughts and like just, you just like you have no idea this and that and stuff like that and then eventually <laughs> it goes back and it's like what there's a what there's a post credit scene so we just like all right hold on everyone shut up shut up shut up and then, and then like we're watching it and we and she's Thomas like Palace. she goes is that Alderaan I said no I just shouted in her face because like we were talking about Alderaan and stuff like that and she was just so excited and I was like that's not Alderaan Alderaan blew up yeah and, yeah and I was like that's Chavez Palace. Yeah, Truth so. be told, I finished the episode credits roll, and I went, "Oh!" And I put the re- like, I pushed the remote up and like paused it and went, "Wait, there's like eight minutes left. <laughs> there's no way credits roll for eight minutes. Yeah, <laughs> what's the deal?" And I was like, I was, I was watching it because I, I think like everybody else, you know, we want to watch and see the, uh, the art. Yeah, you know, like the storyboard art and stuff like that. But that never happened. And yeah. so even to that end, I was just like, wow, they're really going to let it happen this way. Yeah. I always try to, I wait until it like goes into the small box in the corner. Like when it like starts like this person played Din in German. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. Um, uh, so, but so like, I guess I wasn't really caught off, but yes. Yeah, so we flash to Jabba's palace and, and we oh. get some more tone poetry uh, <laughs> in terms of first we, you know, well, first we see Bib Fortuna sitting on Jabba's throne. Even before that, now we see the Gamorreans, which we open up the series with Gamorreans. Now we're closing the series with Gamorreans, yes. at least this season. But yes, Bib Fortuna himself, sitting all my, high and mighty. 100% has uh, put on some quarantine weight. Yeah, exactly. Yes. He's the rest of us at the end of quarantine. <laughs> oh, just see, like, just the fact of the matter is that, like, he puts himself on the dais and he's just like, well, I guess I have to, like, fill this seat yeah <laughs> you know and it gives you moss they're not moss me to um orn free taw feel because yes. like that's the whole idea orn free taw was the giant twilic from mm-hmm. the prequels you know he, he like his whole idea is he's a glutton so yeah he's a big guy but uh yeah see a bib fortuna all all like the major domo just like taking up the spot i'm surprised so many people stuck around with him <laughs> yeah you know what i mean i feel Agreed. like he would have been like kicked to the side yeah but mm. anyway then we get to see the shadow work coming down the stairs. We very reminiscent, yeah, of uh, of return, return. Very like Leia coming with the uh, Chewbacca and everything. Yep, except uh, it's not Leia this time. It's Fennec, fr- friend Fennec Shan. She's literally everywhere. Oh my god! <laughs> um, and so then she basically runs through and she basically kills everybody. Everybody, <laughs> except, except for Bib. Yeah, and, and the the dancing girl. He lets the dancing girl go, which is like, hell yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know. That's where you go, okay, so this new management, we're not going to deal with this slave nonsense. I'm yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. And oh. then, and you just hear Boba! <laughs> the clinking coming down the stairs. We thought you were dead. Yes. Oh, God. It like, doesn't even, like, no words exchanged, really. He <laughs> no. just straights up shoots him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Throws him out of the, the throne seat and just sits there and... Eventually, we and well, and, and Fennec, Fennec grabs, grabs a her. Power aid. Yeah, he grabs a power aid. <laughs> grabs a blue power aid. Uh, uh, it's Spachka, I think, is how it's pronounced. Uh, yes, right. Yes, because it, it's been a, it's been a popular item for uh, the yeah. for the season well, we so even, far. Yeah, we even see it in the uh, first episode. That's right. Um, but so then we uh, eventually fade to black here, and we get word of yet another, another show show coming down the pipe, <laughs> the Book of Boba Fett. Yes. <sighs> 
How did you feel seeing that? I mean, I for as high as I already was, like I somehow got <laughs> that much, got that much taller. Made ten men feel like a hundred. Oh yeah. When you first see the green lightsaber, my arm shot up, and then when R two D two came at, they went up a little bit higher. <laughs> and at this point, I stood up, just fully, just, fully extended from head to toe, you're like just doing chin ups. What? <laughs> what? Uh, so my my clarification question is: the book of Boba Fett, whatever it may be, mm. comes December twenty twenty one. Yes. So does the Mandalorian season three. Yes. Are they one and the same? Are they separate? Intellectual properties. They're most likely going to be separate things. I, I okay. think that they realize they have too much money going <laughs> on with the Mando right now that they can't make it Mando featuring everybody. And I, for for that matter, to to kind of finish out and do a little bit of fan theory about it, the way that the episode ends before we get this, you know, the the behind the scenes or the post credit scenes, everyone's just standing on the bridge of the of the, the light, light cruiser nothing's been resolved yeah there's still a lot of unfinished business unfinished tension between so, Bo-Katan and Din and my like my simple theory for the next season is going to be that they're going to push towards freeing Mandalore like Mandalore is go- like the planet itself is going to come into play he is going to join with Bo-Katan to actually achieve Mandalore title and stuff like that. And then it's going to end with them fighting. I know it has to. Some way, somehow, it's going to end with them in a pit fighting for the Darksaber mm-hmm. or something. But it's going to be exciting. That's just, just my my fan theory anyways. I don't know. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I mean, I think it's definitely going to... Like, the focus of the Season 3 is going to... At least Din's story is going to be about the reclamation of Mandalore. Right, that's what I say. Um, you know, and I think it is going to be this constant tension between him and Bo-Katan in terms of, like, he really doesn't want to be, like, you know, Mandalore the leader. No, he just, he, originally he just wanted the child. Yeah. Now that's actually accomplished, it's going to be interesting to see where he goes from here. Because yeah, what's his purpose now? Th- yeah. There's also, this is another thing we've established that this whole season has been him coming to terms with what makes a true Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Because for him, for years, he's only just known the way of the Watch. Right. And now we know that there are more clans out there and stuff like that. So I feel like that that's going to open up an even bigger thing. This is going to go back to what we were talking about. Like, this is going to be the idea of Game of Thrones in space. There's going to be all these different houses you're going to have to deal with. Mm-hmm. These internal struggles and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I, and I think that's exactly right. I mean, I imagine, like, the children of the Watch are going to kind of come into this. And they're going to try to pull on his allegiances as well. And yeah. You know, and it's again, it's a very uneasy alliance that he has with Bo-Katan and it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. Yeah. And I mean, maybe it won't be quite that drama filled. I don't know that that's where this show necessarily shines, but but when they want those drama moments, it certainly works. So fair enough. So it's exciting. And then, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see if we get kind of like that B plot where we see some of Grogu training, maybe get a, you know, another six year old Ben Solo kind of deal. Wow. Can you only imagine? Yeah. Oh my God. Well, is anyone, uh, is there anything else that we want to cover? I think that's more or less everything. I don't know. Is a last thoughts, final thoughts, anything? No. No, not too much. We're I mean, my I guess so I do have my one kind of small quibble and I don't mean this in any kind of bad way. Okay. But like the only thing that I kind of didn't like about it being Luke is like, you know, I I don't know that we're in this moment where we need more like great man kind of stuff. 
Okay. Where, you know, I mean, it's like, A, like we have Din who goes from being just this bounty hunter to now he's like the, the, the nominal leader of an entire race of people. Right. <laughs> um, and we also have, you know, Luke showing up and obviously all that he carries with him. And, you know, I, I feel like, I mean, obviously I understand the story was probably committed to before, you know, pandemic, etc. But like, I just feel like right now the true heroes are like the nameless faceless, uh, you know, the healthcare workers, the yeah. first responders, the, um, you know, retail workers that are, you know, literally risking themselves to to be out there so we can still go buy groceries and, and crap that we don't need. And so it just kind of feels like in light of that, there's just a slight change from what I would have maybe expected this to be about. That's fair. You would have expected it to be somebody other than. Yes. No. That's fair. Well, I mean, you, you heard me say it. I was like right up to the bitter end. Even seeing him clip the thing onto his Still weren't ready to believe. I wasn't ready to believe. <laughs> yeah. So, no, I hear you. Well, to that end, what did you guys think of this episode? Was it everything you hoped for? It sure was for me. Uh, you know, if you have any questions or concerns, you know, or comments or anything like that, or you have any topics you want us to talk about, don't hesitate to get at us. Uh, at our, uh, You can email us at greetershotfirstpod at gmail.com. That's all one word, greetershotfirstpod. Uh, if you want to uh, check us out on social media, you can also check us out at greetershotfirstpodcast, all one word, on Instagram. Uh, you can check us out at, at firstgreedo on Twitter. And please, if you have the chance and uh, you, know, you, you have a friend or family members who like uh, Star Wars and want to hear talk about Star Wars, uh, give us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or you can check us out at our own website at reggieshousepodcast.com. And with that, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what else to say, but this has been fun, and we're going to keep going with it. And uh, hopefully we'll be back next week with some more fun Star Wars stuff. Uh, and with that, I had a great time. Brian, did you have a good time? I had a wonderful time. Andrew, you have a good time? It's a boring conversation anyway. I bet it was. <laughs>